Hey guys, welcome to the 10th American Hard Enduro Podcast, uh, Season 1. American Hard Enduro Podcasts are brought to you by SRT Off-Road. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast number 10. This is Will Presson. I'm here with Drew Kirby. What's going on, Drew? Oh man, season's over. Last race has ended and uh, it was a good one. It's kind of bittersweet, right? I mean, what do we do with our weekends? What do we do? uh... Well, I I know personally I've got a long honeydew list in the (laughs) rental house that's going to get my attention, but I talked to two different guys yesterday and they both said... What are we gonna do for the next seven months? Um, I'm trying to get healthy. I'm I'm freaking I'm banged up, man. Um, well, I, I started out injured at Tough Like Roar and broke my foot and or broke a toe and then hurt a knee and so I actually ended in one piece surprisingly. Yeah, I had the the broken hand going into Rev Limiter. My hand is feeling much better, but now my left knee is a little banged up and just nicks and cuts and bruises and scrapes and burns, but. I imagine there's a lot of guys out there that are a little bit sore right now. Well, it's really weird for us to have so many races so close together, I think is part of it. I mean, we barely even rode between races. I mean, since July 6th, stuff like Roar, every two weeks or every other weekend, we've had a race. Yeah, four of our races, then you throw in TKO, and then you throw in all our buddies from out west coming and riding with us, and then trying to do training, and um, yeah... Hopefully our wives aren't too pissed and our kids are still know who we are. Well, it was it was so the last round Saddleback concluded this past Labor Day weekend on Sunday, um, and we were blessed with fortunate weather for the last race. Yeah, it, if anything, it was a little bit on the dry side. Uh, you know, pretty warm, but not brutally humid like it has been. Um, well, I'm so glad it's dry. I mean, we've ridden there in the past at Saddleback, and it was wet and. I will say, if it's wet, I don't think I'd have made a lap. I know I wouldn't have made a lap. Some of those hills. Yeah, that 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 clay once the uh, once the top terra firma is gone, man, it packs out and it is so slick there. Yeah, it's like ice, and that and that's what. So they laid out a good course. Um, I think it had challenges for everyone. Um, the top guys ended up doing what three laps. Um, they had to cut it a little short. The ambulance actually got called out on an emergency. Um, so, but I still, I made two laps and it took me, I think I was on the bike for three and a half hours. So I got my money's worth. Yeah. And, and Wade who, Wade Young, who won, it took him three hours and three minutes to make three laps. So if they'd have done, if they just stuck to their format of three hours plus a lap, he would have done one more lap. And really, I mean, the guys that were out there, some guys were out there over four hours. Um, so it's probably a good thing that ambulance situation happened because it was hot there were you know some people struggling i was out of water i mean we had one of our guys he's an a rider um and i caught him on my second lap he's at the bottom of the hill and he never made it up the hill and that was (laughs) halfway through well five miles in it was before the big wall um but dude it was just a straight uphill out of a, a sharp right turn and you had to carry some momentum in second gear and Man, it was which it was one? A challenge. It seems like there yeah. were a uh, dozen was, of those. This was a good one. Yeah, um, so and it was one of the the pro A splits. So, so it, it was a thirteen mile lap. Um, it started off up near the camping area. Um, nice little flowy single track. A couple Absolutely. of gnarly hills down a big old rocky hill, and then within two miles, we're fed into. I guess it was a hill that Colton Haker had laid out. Yeah. So. 
whether this was right or wrong, um, and it's something you know up for discussion. The pros got there. It was since it was a, a Sunday race. Pros, a lot of guys got there Saturday, walked some course, and said we need to make it harder. And so Colton, Wade Young, um, several of us went Chuck. out. Chuck went out and uh, laid out two new lines. Uh, actually, three new lines, and one of them we'll call Jason's line. Yep, and we'll uh, we'll call it Colton's Ravine or Colton's Crevice. And um, it was a showstopper early on. And what was interesting, there was a big undercut, probably three-foot ledge at the bottom. And that ended up not being the worst part of it. Right. Um, it was just such loose, slick rock. And, and once the rock started moving, there was just no traction. Yeah. It, and, the set, and it was like there was just enough moisture that came out in the morning. Even though we started at noon... Um, and again, we started in rows of three every 30 seconds. So I think that was, was kind of cool. Yeah, it was different. It was kind of a cool, you know, national enduros always do five per row and, uh, it was kind of cool. So we did that, but I was on the sixth row or seventh row. And when I got to the ravine, it was still full. I mean, full of the pro guys. Yeah. So I'm, I think I spent, I looked at my watch a couple of times. I think I spent 30 minutes from bottom to top in the ravine um, and guys were getting out of the ravine and going around, and I, you know I, I probably lost twenty positions in there, um, but I didn't. You know I, I feel like I didn't cut the course at all, so I was happy about that. But still, at the same time, it was very frustrating. Well, and and I'll own up. So we got up the step up, and um, I was the first A rider there, and a bunch of pros in front of me. An A rider caught me, passed me, and took a way out. wasn't bannered. We should have bannered it. Um, he went up, another A rider passed me and I said, I'm doing it. So I went up and then about three quarters way up the hill, there was double banners. And so we dropped back in there and, and I was yelled at by a couple of people that I know well, <laughs> called me a few choice words. And, uh, I said, you know what, it's, this is not what I'm about. My family's here. And, uh, so I turned my gas off, laid my bike down and I went and pulled everyone I'd passed up to that point, uh, up there. And then I dropped back in. So in my mind, it made it right. I don't know if it was right, but that's my, I don't want to say excuse. And, you yeah. know, I ended up second in a, the, the, the person who passed me at the bottom, of, bottom of that didn't help anyone cut in front of the pros and ended up beating me. But you know what? Yeah. I think I did. I did the right thing. And well, what it is at this point, we should have bannered the whole thing. Long story short. So when I came around in the same spot for the second lap, there was a developed line around the left side of the creek, uh, or or the ravine, and you know every all those spectators were like take that line. So I took it. Um, yeah. Well, and and again, it wasn't double bannered, and yeah. so three quarters of the way up, it was double bannered. So most people dropped back in and then had to fight up the last quarter, but. Yeah, you know, someone pointed out to me he wasn't happy with me after the race. It's a good friend of ours, and he said I wasted all that energy. And even though he was one of the guys I helped pull up there, he was right. And, yeah. Well, you know. it, and and it's something we're trying to get better at um, as far as laying these courses out and helping the promoters. Yep. Um, so. And we threw it together in the last. I mean, it was two o'clock on Saturday, the day before the race. We're yeah. adding a section, so it, it's something next year that we'll address. And um, and you know, I had one guy. When I finally got to the top, he went around everything, all the double banners, and he said there was a bottleneck. And I said, "That's you went around double banners." In my mind, that's unacceptable. But again, it's something that needs to be addressed at riders' meeting and in our rules moving forward. Yeah, this is kind of the recurring theme of some of these races. So we're definitely um, we've got to either write some rules into the rule book or you know really address it the days leading up to a race. Um, we're Drew and I are trying to get out to these races earlier and earlier, but 
with obligations and work and everything like that. It's hard to do, but at the same time, the promoters are learning too. So yeah, it's and it's a growing sport. Um, but it was really interesting to me. Back to the race. Once we got up this, um, came came back around to a little U shaped down and up, and the the ravine we're talking about had. It was a pro A line. So all the B riders went around. Well, they funneled back into this down and up I'm talking about. And so when we finally got up the ravine, this was full and it was a bottleneck of the B and C riders. <laughs> and so that was just like a whole nother thing. So fighting through that. But where I was going was if you looked at most people's lap times, the first lap was by far slower than the second lap. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, is what it is. I guess in hindsight, we should have not put that section in that early or skipped it the first lap, done it second lap. Yeah, and, and then the course really got cool after that. Yes. Once, you know, everybody's tempers calmed down and you got your heart rate down, they sent us on a lot of nice single track, gnarly uphills, and I had a couple downhills I didn't like. Yeah. And if it had been wet, I really wouldn't have liked them. Well, and, and I, I especially just love some of the horsepower hills. Um, yep. There, there were some ravines that were all rock and you had to try and pick and choose your way through it and, and run up on the banks and, and keep your speed. But some of the horsepower hills were my my cup of tea. Just blast up them and, and starting out in first gear and, and just get the weight right on the back tire. And, and I felt like I made a lot of passes once I finally got going. Um, but I think about a little bit over halfway through my lap, I got a flat tire. Yep. I got lost. <laughs> I, f- I found you in a weird spot. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, so, and I'm, me and another B rider got lost, and luckily he realized it because I was just there. It's a pretty interwoven set of trails up at Saddleback, and so ninety percent of it was marked well in my mind. Um, There's one turn that. Well, I, I think what happened: some of the banner got blown out where there was an old trail, and then if you're the next guy to come down the hill and you follow that opening in the banner on the old trail. Next thing you know, you're you're going down this trail, and and suddenly I realized, wait a second, there's no arrows. What's going on? There's no there's, and then all of a sudden there's really no fre- fresh tire tracks, and then I went down a hill that I couldn't get back up. <laughs> so I was so I'm basically trying to cut through the woods um, back towards where I had come from, and I come across a a ribboned you know arrowed trail, and I'm like, okay, well close enough, and I hopped on it, and I know I missed. A mile or two a trail because when I finished my lap, I only had 12 miles on my odometer instead of tw- uh, instead of 13. So I told them it's scoring, and they're like, "Ah, we'll figure it out later." And I went to the truck, took about a, uh, I felt like a half hour break, changed my tire, <laughs> got some fluids, changed my jersey. I just felt so really? heavy. Oh wow! I, I felt, uh, you know, I was I was miserable. So, um, anyways, uh, got back out there. So that was first. That was lap one. That was lap and- one. And um, I, I ended up, and again, we're both running tubeless, and it has its advantages, but... Not this time. No, I got a flat um, in one of the flat creek beds. I know exactly when I did it. I went up on a ledge, and... I might have done it in the same spot. Uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but it was... So it was like riding a, a real loose rear end, and we were all over the place, or I was all over the place, so I finished that lap out, ended up back, and uh, like you said, I went back to the truck and, and got a fresh rear tire and started lap two. So apparently... Getting back to the the top guys, um, apparently Nick Farringer led Wade for the first couple of miles, and then in that creek that was ended up being the big bottleneck. 
I think that's where Wade got by um, Nick. Well, Nick, Nick even put it on his Instagram that he started the bottleneck, <laughs> so he, he yeah. owned it, I Th- guess. Thanks, thanks a lot, Nick. Yeah. But anyways, those guys, um, Wade Young, of course, came to the front. Then Colton Haker, uh, th- we'll just go ahead and skip to the finishing results. Uh, Wade finished in three hours and three minutes. Seven minutes back was Colton. And then another 13 minutes behind him was Ricky Russell on that Yamaha. And Ricky lapped me coming down the scariest downhill, well, you know, one of the scariest downhills out there. And then there was a small straightaway, and then there was about a 24-inch high log crossing at an angle. So I saw Ricky just get on the gas, accelerate his, like a GNCC racer, and he crossed that log on in full wheelie position in about wide open third gear. It just kind of blew my mind, I mean, how, how talented these dudes are. Well, and... And back to Ricky Russell, we were I was walking, I kinda walked my family was there, my wife and kids, and they wanted to walk down to the spectator area. So we walked down there late on Saturday and I saw him up in the woods and I was like, I've never met Ricky. And uh I we were kinda talking and asking who he was and, and man, he had an awesome showing at TKO, I think six overall. Yeah. On a pretty much bone stock YZ two fifty X. Um and, I, I uh, hope he starts doing all these hard enduros. Well, that dude has some talent. Well, and so GNCC racing is picking back up, but he's actually trying to raise some money for ISDE, and he's auctioning off that that exact YZ250X. Dang. Um, so check it out. I saw it on Facebook. Uh, Fifty dollars for a raffle ticket. He's only going to sell two hundred of them. Huh. Um, so hey, if you guys might want to pick up a bike, I think it's only been ridden literally two races. And he doesn't go down much, so no. the thing is, he was in pretty good shape, and so, it rips. Yeah. So anyway, back to those results. Okay. So Ricky got third, so he he ran out the podium, and then that's where it got really interesting because Wade kind of already had the championship for the season locked up, but Quinn had a four point lead over Nick Faringer for second and third. For second and third. So here come Nick finishes fourth. And then we got Ryder LeBlond, who kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, mm. the dude has been improving every race. I yep. mean, it wasn't long ago when he was back running with me, and now the dude is up front. Yep. So Ryder finished fifth, and then Quinn came in sixth. So we had to do a little math afterwards, and, and basically on how the points broke down. Um, we thought we thought that was enough for Nick to get second, but... But Quinn ended up beating Nick by one point. So Quinn Winsel. Yep. He gets the second place for the, this is the year end for, this, for the series for overall series and then Nick in third. But back to the back to the results. Stephen Edmondson was the final rider who made three laps. Yep. So Stephen ended up seventh, and then in the A class we had Jackson Watson, Drew Kirby, Danny Lewis, and Jackson Davis. They all made two laps. In the B class, which the B guys didn't run the pro lines, yep. Nathan Taylor ran away with it, followed by Marshall Cassell. And Jackson Barron, and then in the C class, there were only two guys that made a lap. It was Troy Tunney and Jason Wilson. So um, good on all those guys for uh, finishing strong. Well, and and back to the race. So the top guys, I think they would have wanted it harder. But they're the top guys, and they always want it harder. So we were right at the scoring, trying to get some results so we could do our year-end points. And there were so many guys that finished that really loved the course. Um, you know, there's always things we could change, but for me overall, I think it was an awesome course. It, it's such a fine line when you, especially when you do a, a a long race format like this one, a 13 mile loop. I mean, with the TKO style format, you can obviously step the difficulty up with every every round of the race. Yep. But I mean, I personally love 
a 13 mile to a 20 mile lap you go out there it's more of an epic day you have time to let everything settle in and yep. you know you have time to make the passes and you know it's it really sprint. it really proves your fitness yep. and your extreme riding ability but at the same time you know the guys are going to struggle yeah i it I, and again you're also bad on the weather I, we've said it twice now if it would have rained yeah i don't think i'd have made a lap and we actually drove through some showers going up to Kentucky on um, Saturday, so I was thinking, man, this could it could be nasty well, if, and if I they was, get a little storm. They were talking like forty percent chance of rain that night. We were watching some storms up north of us in Cincinnati, so it was. I know that the guys up at Saddleback, um, Chris Collier and Jamie Abersall, did a ton of work on the trails. I think they both took the complete week off before the race. And Brad um, Caraway. Uh, did I not say Brad Carraway? Oh, maybe I did. I thought I said. I don't know. You said Chris Collier. Okay, and Jamie I'm sorry. Yes, Brad Brad Carraway and Jamie did all the trail work. Chris was instrumental in doing a lot story. of the, yeah a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. He helped me a lot um, with putting things together. So, but he had a hurt thumb, so that's why he wasn't out there doing it. So, big thanks to those guys. And John Davis also was out there cutting trail. So, Saddleback put a lot of work into the course. Um, and again, I heard <coughs> mostly positive feedback. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to put on an event like this, and um, they're in their second year, so you've probably heard me say it. It's usually the third year when these things really get figured out. Um, so I think they're they've got their difficulty level dialed in. Now um, they they'll get their course marking and you know the possible bottlenecks dialed in. What do, what do you think if that one bottleneck hill had just not been included on the first lap? And, it, and they just included on second and third lap. You think that would have kind of solved everything? I, I 100%. Because by the time I got there, um, I diced it up with the guys on my row. Um, and I got a horrible start. And I've got some awesome GoPro. I got real <laughs> sideways, turned hard left. And I just saw people and dogs running because uh, I was headed for the crowd off the start. And I was able to catch them and, and make a couple passes. So we kind of sorted ourselves out. Um, and I think... I think it would have let the racing play out a little better than a bottleneck. But who knows when we got to the first bad hill if we'd have found more of a bottleneck. Right. You never know. Well, and, and then going back, we're kind of skipping back and forth here. I wanted to talk about some of the other guys in the top ten in the pro class. Um, Josh Rukensmith. Well, this is for the overall series. not the overall the series. Okay. And it presented by Sherco, our title sponsor. Exactly. So fourth overall for the series was Josh Rukensmith. He's a Cleveland, Tennessee guy. And then fifth place... And, and Josh, actually, he's one of the riders that made it to all five rounds. Yep. Um, so, obviously, you can accumulate more points if you go to more rounds. Good on him. Steven Edmondson, um, he's he's coming in fifth. And then we got some riders like Max Gearston, who he made it to three rounds. He did go to Rev Limiter, Fallen Timbers, and Battle of the Goats. He comes in in sixth. And then Chuck Galula, I mean, we don't know how he keeps doing it. Um He's twice as old as most of the guys out here. and yeah. He's in seventh and didn't race rev limiter. Exactly. He actually hurt his calf muscle and decided not to race, which was quite smart of him. Yeah. So, he obviously, if he had gotten points at rev limiter, he's probably in a top five position. And then uh, Colton Haker, who only did two races, but um, he got a first and a second. He comes in an eighth. Then we got Jason Gilliam, or Gilliland. <laughs> And uh, Liam Draper rounding out the top ten. Um, 
Liam, he kind of came out of nowhere this year. Yeah, raced two races and ended up ended up tenth overall. And what's really interesting, you know, we're sitting here looking at the scores. There's only what one, two, three, four, three people who ran all the races. Um, well, that got points. Okay, yes, they got points. But Wade Young ended up winning and didn't race Battle of the Goat. So he got what was it second at the rev limiter. And then he won every other race that he was at. So Yeah, and at, during Battle of the Goats, he was racing Romaniacs. So. Yeah. I would have loved to have had <laughs> him and Colton at Battle of the Goats. I think that would have been a, a serious battle. Well, on top of what, if, if, we're, if we're daydreaming for a minute, can you imagine if Cody Webb had been healthy this mm-hmm. whole year? Because Cody dominated Rev Limiter in Texas yeah. early on. And then obviously he got hurt at Erzberg and had knee surgery. but um, or Prior to Erzberg. Yeah, prior to Erzberg, excuse me, the week before. But uh, can you imagine if been... because Cody's plan, you know, he would have he would come to any race that didn't have a conflict, and his conflict was enduro cross, and then when enduro cross kind of went away and then came yeah. back, um, would have opened up most of our races so, wide open. So and, and Cody ended up what did he end up in points? Fifteenth uh, overall, <laughs> 15th in <race laughs> one round. Yeah, well, so, and. I think one thing we need to do next year, you know, as we're accumulating things, is we need to have you need to come to X amount of races to be eligible for the championship. Yeah, and and that really affected our C and women's classes because you know it, I don't think you should be taking home a series title if you if you just did one or two rounds. So something we're gonna adjust. Um, but you know, this is our first year. We're we're really happy to have had who showed up to show up. Oh, absolutely. And um, you know, it didn't go perfectly, but. It went pretty good, I think. Well, and it did, and 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 again, kind of going back to the first year, we didn't even find out we were gonna be able to do a series till mid December. <laughs> yeah, or, and, or, and you know, budgets were already allocated, and and luckily Clay at, at Sherco um, Off Road stepped up and was our title sponsor, and we're thankful. Now, you know, we're working with Sherco USA and Ryan Young Products, and um, we'll see for next year. We're it's time to start working on stuff. It's September fourth uh, on a where are we? It's a Wednesday. I'm all messed up. Yeah, Happy Monday who off. Knows. Um, so we're we're starting to put stuff together for next year. We've got a few dates that are out there um, confirmed. Um, we're gonna try to spread things out a little bit instead of being so jam packed in the summer. Um, but we don't make the dates. Um, most of our races set their dates, um, and then they're working around National Enduro, GNCC stuff out west. Enduro so, cross. Yeah, it looks like for next year, you're st- we are still gonna have the same state championship races that will pre-qualify you into the second race on TKO, or if you get top three, um, we'll get you into the Sunday race. Um, so that that's the AMA state championships, and it looks like we will still have, I don't want to say we're going to be a regional series, we're not sure on that yet, but maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um, that's all stuff we can get clarification as we move forward, and um, we're hoping to get a couple more races. This year we had five rounds, um, all the way from Texas to Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Um, so we'll see. We're, we're excited. We got a lot of work to do. Um, and if you guys have any thoughts, we've got a survey we're working on. Um, we're going to put it out there and, and see, um, yeah, and you know, any, with, within the survey, there's going to be plenty of, uh, here, leave your comment sections here. So please, I mean, this is kind of anonymous on the survey, so you yep. f- feel free to speak your mind. If if we did something you don't like, let us know. If you mm-hmm. if we did something you do like, please let us know. You know we we're we're pretty thick skinned at this point. Maybe uh, kind of maybe. <laughs> um, you know we've gotten over the uh, 
initial jitters. So ho- hopefully, you know, we can learn from this. Well, and again, being that we know we're going to be doing this next year and it is September, we've got a lot more time to, you know, put put things together. Um, we're trying to get a meeting of the minds with some of the promoters and, and Cody actually has reached out and wants to get us all together so we can, um, you know, have a more professional look and build a better series that all the OEMs want to send their riders to and hopefully send their um, top guys to. I mean, having Wade Young over here in year one was kind of a, a was a great opportunity for yeah, us. That's and he huge. got us, I think, a lot of um, national exposure that we probably wouldn't have gotten. Worldwide. Worldwide, thank you. <laughs> national, that's more, more worldwide than national. So, um... I will say, let's go back to the race for a minute before we move on to next year. Because yep. lap two, I had so much fun. Yeah. And the course seemed so much better. Well, And I don't know if we were spread out, but I thought traction was better. Um, the lines were established. Yeah. Traction was much better, and there was really nobody in the way. Because any bikes that I came across on the second oh, lap, dude. normally it was somebody just laying on the oh. ground or an abandoned motorcycle. So... <laughs> I came into the ravine, Colton's crevasse, that was the hugest bottleneck. I get in there, and I see a bike laying. It's on a pretty steep hill, and the bike's not laying up the hill. It is the wheels are up the hill, and the handlebars are down the hill. And I kind of peek my head over, and I see a guy laying there with his head on the seat, just hanging out. And I'm like, you all right? He said, yep. So I kept going. We were talking about it later. And they said he made an Instagram or a Facebook post from laying there. This was his first race. And uh, and hopefully he'll try another one. I don't think he had a good experience. He's he's from uh, I think down in Alabama or Georgia. But but like you said, there was some bikes scattered. We ran into some of our guys, and and I ran into Scotty who rides with us all the time. And his bike was one place, and he was sitting in the bushes. Like I didn't even see him. And I was like, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm good. So all right. Well, I met Scotty on the trail going the wrong way. <laughs> you were going the wrong way, or he was going the wrong. He way? He was going the wrong way. Okay, but he was going very slowly. Okay, no danger. So I just I stopped and cut my bike off and I'm like what's going on man he's like there's a hill up there I can't make it up <laughs> he's like I'm going back to the truck he's like I've been trying for an hour so <clears throat> I got to the hill and I was like man there, there were like four or five people just strode out across it and luckily first time I just whipped right up it and well, I meant to say this earlier when you're talking about these horsepower hills I'm like we need personally here I'm going to go find some hills because I've got a bad habit about like in second gear just easing into it and and not having the speed, the momentum, and the revs to make it. And you watch the top guys, I mean, I think they just hold it open and use the clutch to modulate. Uh, it's something I need to work on. Well, and their body position is so good because they're oh. standing on the pegs and, and they're in that trials position. You watch a guy like Quinn Winsel or Wade Young or any of those guys, man, yeah. they, they just really know how to get weight to the rear tire. And, and yeah, and just keep the power going. So, I mean, that's what I'd get halfway up, start slowing down, jam it in first, and hope I could keep the front end down. And that's what the hill that I saw Chad on, Evans, that he never made it up. He said, man, I'd get up there, I'd get up there, and the front wheel would start coming up, and I'd pull the clutch in, and then I was done. I couldn't get going again. So traction was actually that good. So, but I think that's it for the race. I'm I'm trying to think if I had... Do you have any real good oh-no moments? I, I had... My knee kept hyperextending, so that was my oh-no moments. <laughs> Are you scared um, to put it down? I got scared to put it down, and, and the, the big hill that had the kind of go-around, that the go-around ended up being a lot worse than the actual yeah, big that hill. That was where Chad... That was Chad. Oh, my God. Did you ever so, try the go-around? I tried the go-around first. This was a pro-A hill. This was on the second lap. Okay. And 
there was a guy on a husky upside down in the middle of the line. So I was like, okay, I'll try to go around. I tried to go around, ended up, I was zigzagging up it, pivot turning, feeling like a champ, had a great line. And it was kind of off camber. I almost, I had the hill cleaned and I caught a rut and put my left foot down and my bike ended up the you know on the wrong side of the off camber. So I ended up having to bulldog it all the way down the hill through all this debris and, and just just a mess. So you went back down to the bottom. Went back, oh. Well, not all the way to the bottom, but back down to that ledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turned around, put it in second, and hammered up it and jumped up the freaking hill. You know, so... That that was a that was a good hill. Um, there was there was one good wall that was real hard not real hard to get up, but it took some commitment and, and so that's where Colton passed me. Waited past me first, and so I looked at my clock. That's where Quinn passed me, so I got to okay. see what he did there. It was okay. beautiful. Well, and that's what so Wade passed me, and I looked at my clock, and it was about seven minutes until I saw Colton, and he caught me and Josh Rookensmith there, and Rookensmith went up. And then I just kind of sat because I heard Colton coming. And, man, he, he went right up in the middle and never slowed down. Um, so it was cool to watch him coming up. But after that, we went down a creek bed. And there was a couple of holes. Sketch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought <laughs> the left side looked good. And, of course, the first lap, you don't know. I got over there, and there was a big hole to the left. And they they stacked some rocks to the right. And I thought, I'm going over the bars. Yeah. And luckily, I banked off the bank enough just to roll it out. But... Well, the, the first lap, I walked my bike off of those two ledges, Yep. and the guy behind me did the same thing. And the second lap, well, that's when I had a flat tire. So the second lap, I, I kind of railed down through there, and it's much more smooth if, if you have a little speed and a little confidence. And you know what's coming. Right? And I think that's why most people's laps probably were a little better, uh, the second lap and third lap for the pros. But um, I think I looked at most of the top pros' laps, lap times, and they were all faster each consecutive lap. Well, my, I'm not a top pro, but my um, my first lap was faster, but only because after I went through scoring, I did take a 30 minute break. Yeah, well, so I was wondering. That's I my looked, excuse. Well, I, and I <laughs> and this was probably dumb of me, but shocker there, where my stuff was was before scoring, and I'm like, I'm not going to scoring, and they come yelling at me, come through scoring first, and I was like, ah, it doesn't really matter at this point. So, but that was it was a lot of fun, and and we. Man, I'm gonna miss everyone because you know, like I said before, we've seen it everyone every two weeks. And um, one thing we're talking about doing, and I hadn't talked to Will about it. My wife gave me a weekend in October that would be good. We're gonna try to maybe do a camping trip slash ride trip here. Um, and so maybe you know, now that we're not racing, we're gonna get back to riding, scouting, doing some filming. I think. Um, so something to look forward to. We'll let you know. I don't know if we'll American make it. American Hard Enduro weekend? Uh, maybe. I don't know if we're going to open it up to the masses, but those in the <laughs> southeast that are close, um, we need to fly Max in so we got some entertainment. Yeah, we'll get get some of those West Coast guys out here. So maybe it'll be wet and we can laugh at them instead of it being freaking full attraction. I don't know. Well, they'll laugh at us. I was going to say, they'll still laugh at us. So, all right. So Saddleback's in the books. Our series is in the books. Our first year. Year number one is down. Oof. Well, Back to... Well, can we call it year zero? <laughs> I don't know. That's your call. But, uh, so, after the Saddleback Awards, we did our awards. Um, took us a few minutes to get, you know, get the points tabulated. But, luckily, most people hung around. Um, we had some really good prizes that we gave out. Ken Tire helped us out with a, with a tire for each of the uh, top three in ABC and women. Um, Task Racing hooked us up with some certificates for goggles. Those airflow goggles. Yep, and that's what I ran. You run them? Yeah. And so they, they were, I didn't run them on the first lap. I was afraid it was going to be too dusty, and my contacts don't like dust. Well, it, 
that bottleneck pretty much made it to where I didn't wear goggles the rest of the race because I got so overheated. I just I wanted to get nude. I didn't want anything on my <laughs> well, body. I was so it was some hard sections. Here we are back to the race again. Yeah. But then we would have some awesome single track, and I would stop at the top of the hard stuff and put my goggles back yeah. on. And I probably did that four times. But so lap two, when I changed my rear tire, I had my go- the Aero uh, goggles by Task Racing there. Threw those on, and it was awesome to have some wind because again we had a. I'd say there was eight miles of single track. Yeah. You know, and every now and then you get a random face slapper. And if you're not worried about getting one to the eye, it, it helps. Um, well, and then Dirt Trick Sprockets, yep, they, they hooked us up with some gift certificates. Certificate. 50 off, 50% off gift certificates. Yeah. And then three of the races that were in the series, including Tough Like Roar, Battle of the Goats, and, and Rev Limiter. And Rev Limiter, they all threw in certificates um, for one person in each class to get a free entry into next year's race. So that's huge. I mean, that's just, you know, growing the sport is what that's doing. So hadn't talked about this. So we had a few people that weren't there to get their prizes. Right. Their year-end awards. Mm -hmm. So if if any of those people are listening to us, send us a message. We will gladly send you your year-end award flag, which was kind of our trophy. Yep. I say we take the other prizes, the the certificates, Mm -hmm. and let's do a random draw and give them away to – I like it. Some American Hard Enduros. Maybe we'll do it on Instagram or Facebook, and that way, you know, give give somebody yeah some free entry. Share this podcast, and your um, there we go. Likelihood of winning is much increased. Oh, there we go. Tag us in it when you share it. Tag us in it, and um, yeah, for sure. And we'll do that because I think we ended up with three extra certificates, maybe four. Um, yeah. I'll give mine up as well. So yeah, uh, we're, we're speaking to the A class, uh, 2019 American Hard Enduro champion, Drew Kirby. Yeah. Well, yeah. So thank you. It was, it was, I got lucky this year. I battled the two 16 year olds the entire year <laughs> and both named Jackson, ironically enough. But, uh, are so not you more than double their age with, with, I think so. Two and a half I'm, times. I'm, as well? I'm almost 40, almost <laughs> 39. But so next year, what are you going to do next year? You started out in A and then went to pro for, for reasons. I mean, we'll see how I am fitness and how health-wise, but um, I'm either going to retire or just race pro class. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an A-class racer. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to run pro next year just, you know, because, and then that way I'm not going to win pro. And this way, if we go do, do any riding of a course, you know. Yeah. Scouting wise, maybe you could be our pre rider. We've been talking yeah, about me. Maybe anyone out there want to show up a day early and pre ride all the courses? The problem is you can't race it if you're going to do that. Yeah, and it, hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you some American Hard Enduro swag. We can, yep. because I, it looks like we're losing our filmer. Um, God rest his soul. No, just kidding. No. Blake Terry, he picked up Wade Young's. Sherco that he just won the series on. Yep. I mean, literally, it came in from the race, and Boo Boo, his mechanic, took the suspension off, changed a few parts, it and still gave had it to Blake. The worn out oh. as heck rear tire, Michelin tire with a really soft bib. It would it had about a third of the knobs left. Yeah. So Blake, I don't know if you saw him riding around after the race, but he didn't want to do any filming. I had to go yank him off that thing to get him to film the awards. So Blake may be racing the series next year, um, but we'll, we'll still. You know, we'll be piecing together footage, and and hopefully our coverage won't suffer too bad. But yeah. we might. Hopefully, we get enough sponsorships, we can pay him well enough where he will. Uh, maybe he will want to. Maybe Blake can be our pre rider. He'd be a great pre rider if he could get there a day early. So, yeah. Blake, you listening? <laughs> so, but all right. So I think that's it for Saddleback in the year. 
Yeah, and, and obviously we want to thank SRT Off-Road. Yeah, they're, for, they're bringing us these podcasts. They're helping us out. And I need to make an order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm down to one pipe, and they've been great to us uh, over the years. So really happy that they came on board with the podcast. And I talked to several people who have been listening to it. And I actually was – I'd gotten home from the race on Monday, Labor Day. I was at the gas station in Lenore City where I live. Had my American Hard Enduro shirt, and some guy pulled up and yelled, nice. he goes, hey, are you Drew? <laughs> and it was the guy we'd met at the TKO, and he, he was actually wanting a shirt, and uh, unfortunately, Will had them all with him, but, um, and, so, it's and pretty cool. We are very low on shirts. We do have a bunch of hoodies, so if, if anybody's looking for a hoodie... Upcoming months, we'll... Yeah, hook we'll, us up, or look us up, and um, I'm going to try to throw them on eBay, just so I have extra garage space. Um, nah, we'll put them in storage. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Um, what else, Drew? I don't know. Twenty what? Twenty twenty? Is that where we are? Twenty twenty. Looking and, forward. And and really, there there are some dates starting to trickle out. Um, King of the Motos is coming back. Yeah, um, early in the year's first race of the year scheduled currently February eighth of twenty twenty um, yep. in California. So all those West Coast guys. And there is a possibility that there, if if we're going to be the east region of American Hard Enduro, there could be a west region. I I don't think that's going to happen until twenty twenty one. Maybe okay is well, is what what it's looking like. And again, we've got to talk about all this. But current situation, and then March twenty ninth, um, Rev Limiter moves to a new location in Bridgeport, Texas. That should be awesome because they're going to do a prologue in downtown Bridgeport. The actual track or the the venue is within the city limits. So I was talking to Mark Cook. He said what we're going to do is we're going to be police escorted. uh, All the guys that make it to the prologue round on Saturday evening that make it out of the amateur day, basically. Oh, so that's how we're doing it. Yep. Okay, cool. It's two miles. Two miles. Less than two miles from downtown. Police escort parade. Dirt bike parade. Yep. Erzberg style to downtown. They're gonna have an enduro cross track apparently set up around the town square. That's what they're. This talking. is how I have it imagined, anyways. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be you know like the streets of Lagares or maybe I don't know uh, Romania, no, I, I, wh- I, I, whatever. And then we'll parade back. That'll set the field for Sunday. So hopefully there'll be a ton of town folk there watching. Oh us. yeah. I can't imagine a better, you know, promotion for Hard Enduro. Yeah. And then, actually, those guys down in Texas, they, they've they got a um, Red Bull event coming up in December. Um, Mark and Mark. Mark yep. Weeks, Mark Cook. Yep. So, um, it's, it's basically an endurance-type Hard Enduro where the first laps are not as hard, but as you advance further into no the race, the race harder goes. harder. Yep. So, They're going to add harder sections in. So with Red Bull being the the main sponsor there, I would expect some big names to show up. I, if, I wish I was going. I don't know if I can make it to Texas uh, again in the in December. We'll see. Right on. And then some other events next year. We're hearing about this Iowan Hard Enduro. I didn't know Iowa had Hard Enduros, but um, maybe they'll stack up some corn or something. Um, who knows? I mean, it, where I was in Ken, Western Kentucky, there wasn't much, and then we got over to Eastern Kentucky, and we found some hills. Yeah. So April third, twenty twenty, that's coming up, and then TKO is already set for August fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. So it's only a three day event. I thought maybe they'd add another day. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> TKO coming up again, middle of August next year. So that's a year away. That's well, going to be bigger and better, I'm sure. And if you guys are local down south ish. Uh, coming up 
September 14th. There's the Night Squatch, uh, this, the Gary Barr and Derek Bratcher that do the SEER group. Um, they're putting on a night GPS team race. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot for you me. You gotta have so. lights. You gotta have two GPSs. Uh, you gotta have a teammate. I get, I get lost you in the daylight. You have a bike. Yeah. And anyway, so they're doing that. And then actually on Sunday the 15th in Mountain City, Tennessee, the most northeast corner of Tennessee you can get is the Doe Mountain property. I think it's also called the Sasquatch. It, it straddles... Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Yeah. It's in that little corner. So they're doing kind of a hard race. It's a three-hour time limit, one lap. So I don't know anything about it, but if you're boarding two weeks or a week and a half now and want something to do... You just maybe, didn't get enough. Yeah. I, I'm trying to talk my wife into letting me go, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not. So and, and this is something that I was actually talking to Chuck DeLula about yesterday. I hadn't talked to Drew about it at all, but... Um, when you guys are starting to apply for your contingency, it's that time of year. I mean... Start, yeah. start contacting those companies. Yeah, no, most In, of them open September 1st. Include us. Tell them how you did in the American Hard Enduro Series. Include the races. So the more that they hear about this series, the more they're going to be open to including us and, and hopefully eventually offering contingency. That's kind of one of my goals yeah, in this and whole thing. And I think that's what we need to make it grow is we need KTM to put KTM cash out there you know, right. for our races. And, and as we grow, hopefully we'll go that direction. But no, that's an awesome idea. And I know I'm going to put my results on there. Absolutely. On my resume. Well, that's pretty much the only results I have this year. <laughs> yeah, that's all you've done. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. All right. That's it? Is that it? Podcast number 10 is done. All right, let's see. Uh, I know we haven't added anything onto our Enduro bike. Have we? Oh, man. I don't even know where we're at. We need protection. Yeah. <laughs> so one Discards. thing, um, one thing I run that I think is pretty cool, but I don't know if they have it for other bikes. I think I've seen them on a Beta. Is they're very affordable swing arm guards, and they are just plastic pieces you zip tie to your swing arm. And I knocked a hole in my swing arm in Texas at the Rev Limiter, um, and so I've been running them ever since. And they at least keep it looking a little more pretty. Yeah, the only issue with those is the dirt and the mud gets packed inside yeah. of them and it's rubbing against your swing arm and... Dulls it up a little. But I've heard that there's something called Alumabrite that will bring that aluminum swing arm, you know, back to looking new. So, you know, you got a little time, do some research, but uh, I'm running swing arm guards. Are you running yeah. them? Oh yeah, I've been running them. Okay. Uh, the, the only injury to my bike I found, this just popped in my head, we were talking about it, my rear brake... The set bolt that sets how low your rear brake goes. I thought my rear brake felt funny. I got done racing. The spring was hanging off. I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> I looked down. The bolt was gone. And Will's had this happen twice now. Oh, my God. And so I'm like, well, the the, the jam nut I thought backed off. I looked. The whole tab and everything's gone. Oh, uh, you, you just broke the brake pedal. Where the tab attaches yeah. to the bottom of the brake pedal. And I was talking to Rookensmith yesterday, Josh. And he said, I think what happens is if you fall down on a rock real hard, it jams the brake, your rear brake pedal straight up. And when it does that, it shears that little tab off. So I'll be looking for a factory OEM brake pedal here well, <laughs> this week. What happened to me this race was one of my bolts on my um, clutch cover had stripped slightly. Okay. And so it was kind of hanging on by a thread. And I noticed right off the start, I mean, within a mile... I'd put the brake on and it would not compress. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> backed out under it? It backed out oh under it. Oh my gosh. And it, it, I did not figure it out until I was working on my bike and the daggum bolt Bolting. was backed out. So I'm going to have to do a helicoil 
thread insert, um, repair on that thing, and hopefully it'll be good to go. But I've been watching some YouTube videos. I, I think I know what I'm doing. Oh, well, at least we got time now, maybe, <laughs> sort of. Right. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening. And um, one thing we need to do now is we've been doing race reviews, so I don't know what we're going to talk about podcast-wise. Maybe our rides, maybe... Maybe we'll start getting some more pro riders and doing some yeah. We need to do, with we need to do some interviews. Um, get get some if if we can find a local guy, get him in here, and then uh, do some phone interviews. The phone interviews don't seem to go as well. On, no, I on this agree. I'm sitting here at Will's house in his office, so yeah. well, they kind of we think it's better. But we'll we'll figure it out, and we will definitely um, the podcast will probably not be coming as often, but we'll try to keep them going. Maybe one or two a month. I like it. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. See you.